Hey, Father. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. What story are we doing today? <gasps> oh, I've been ready for that for the last seven days. Let's do it. Call back later. <laughs> you guys, this week, we're talking all about David's downfall. Welcome to another episode of Bible Stories with me, Brianda. Brianda. And of course, joining me is a, an important, beautiful, crucial member of the team, Miss La Clara NYC. I'm so good. Um, I, 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 I got to tell you something, guys. I am, um, I look different again this week. You look orgy. Um, wearing a very nice, very nice wig and this outfit, guys. If you guys are not watching the YouTube channel, come to the YouTube, come to the YouTube. I'm trying to entice you to come to the YouTube, if you haven't noticed. I look like, um, I look like my tia, like una tia, <laughs> como mi tia morena, mi tia titina, who just came from La República Dominicana. They come to Nueva York. They, they, they just did a, a the liposuction. But they forgot their arms. <laughs> Isn't it the other way around? New Yorkers going to DR to get the lipo. <laughs> yes. No. What I say. What I say is, I got the lipo oh, just came in, back. La, in Santo Domingo. Y vine pa acá, and I come here to my family. <laughs> and I'm here. That is what it looks like. If not, you tell me. What is my name? I stay in the comments. Tell me what my name is. I think my name is Gladys. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I think my name is Gladys. But hi, Tangie, off this joke. Um, I was telling Clara that I hate wearing this wig. The only reason why I'm wearing this wig is because I've had such a nutty day today, Clara. Oh, like, don't oh, tell you, me about you it. You have to. No, my, my day has been phenomenal. <laughs> like, I've had the, the kind of day, you know the kind of day, dreamers, let me know if you if you relate to this. You spend so many years thinking about what your reality could be. And then every so often you book something, every so often you get a taste of, of, of prosperity <laughs> for a moment. But then like, then pretty much you're back to the slums, back to the unemployment slammer, like in a couple weeks. But this week I was telling, I mean, Claire already knows, like I booked a, a, a job, I feel a little better. Mm -hmm. I I had uh, my COVID tests and my fittings today. I had an audition today yes. too. I had to I had a self tape today. I had to go to my fitting. I have shoot. I'm shooting all week. Like, and then I come here to to work to do this to mm -hmm. do the show. It's like a little taste, a little sliver of what my reality could be. Boy, am I tired. But boy, does it feel good. Mm -hmm. It feels like, oh, it feels like. Oh, it feels like God's telling me this is what you wanted. Mm, there you go. This is the well, this is the training. These are training wheels. This is Fuck practice. It. Like, and it makes me be like, oh, I'm doing stuff too. Like, oh God, you guys, we were just talking. Claire and I were just talking about this. So obviously, we're in the same. We're in WTF Media Studios, co-owned by Alex Media, who's incredible. He's a producer of the show, a dream maker for myself. You know what I'm saying? For everything. Uh, and we just saw Alex post. And uh, uh, Andrew Schultz's show. First of all, Andrew Schultz right now is El Hombre de la Hora with the stuff that he's doing, the private jets, the this, the that. Yeah. And in my head, when you when content creators see that, knowing that he came from the bottom up and he built that himself, 
listen, if you're a creator and that doesn't inspire you, mm -hmm. you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong discipline. Mm -hmm. You're in the wrong space. You should feel inspired by that. You should feel like, no, I can do that. I, oh, Clara. <laughs> Clara, oh, you know, you know firsthand what I'm talking about because I talk I to you about it all the yeah, time. Like, and I agree with you though. I agree 100%. <sighs> if anything, it's motivational. It's motivation. And I, I, I saw that one photo that Alex posted and it was him, the whole Schultz clan outside of a private jet. And I posted, I commented, I said, I loathe you. And you want to know why I loathe <laughs> oh, you? I it was that. not envy. I don't want that stuff. I don't care. I'm rich in faith. Okay. <gasps> I got the glory of God surrounding me. I don't need a private jet. But I'll tell you what I did think. I want to have just as much fun as them. I told you this oh, at, yeah. the, at the club we were at. Like, it's like I can see them having fun. That's all I want to do, mm. baby. I want to have fun. What, what, what? No, I was going to say, I'm sure we don't see the ugly parts. I'm sure they have a lot of, like, super crazy schedules and, and you know, like, of all of the ugly parts we don't see. But what we can see? No, but here's the thing. Work. When you're a content creator, you already know that that is just the hot. Instagram, social media is the highlight reel. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that, you, at least for, for me as someone who, any performer, any content creator knows that what Instagram, what social media is. So my assessment of what's going on includes that. Yeah, okay. okay. Like, I see that and I'm like, oh, I want to have that uh, level of freedom. Mm. I want to have that level of yeah, uh, 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 ability to fund what I want to do at the scale that I want to do. And I want to be able to do it comfortably. And I want to be able to put on my people. I want to be able to put on Val, Val, Val does makeup on Instagram to do my, like there's so many things and seeing it all come together. Mm. It's just so dope, man. Same with like other creators that I see like Rick Glassman and Annie Letterman, all these like uh, performers doing their thing and earning a living. And I, not only earning a living, but doing what they love doing. And then also earn, earning a handsome living. That's like, what? What? That's just, it, it, for me, it's like, that's the dream. That's the dream. And Clara, God is my witness. Mm -hmm. I know Bible's gonna, may, may not get there. We may be going in another direction, baby. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. But I see, if I see people in my orbit do it, there's no reason why we can't be either. And it is the most, it's like a conviction. It's like a, I won't stop until I get there. It's good that you think like that. And I think it's also a mentality. Because see how I was telling you that um, quite, per, like not that long ago, before I actually started this show with you or like getting more involved in the show with you, um, I was kind of not feeling my career or my life or I don't know what to do with my life. Well, know. let the people know. Talk on the mic a little bit. Put your mouth on the mic, Clara. Yeah, it's loud. I can, I can hear myself. It's oh, fine. <laughs> um, oh, I don't have the mic. But um, let them know what you did before a little bit. Like, what? where do you come from, Clara? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Give us a brief synopsis. The most great scenario that you can think of, office. You had a corporate job. I had a corporate job. And um, whenever I saw things like what you mentioned about Andrew um, or, or whatever, like other people that you see, you know, like doing well and just like growing so fast. And instead of being inspiring, like you just mentioned now, and that's how I feel now, it was something like 
it's another reality. Like somewhere that either is not meant for me or that I'll, there's n no point even thinking about it because it's not going to happen for you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, it, you can see it from a different perspective when you're a better place also. Like you have to be prepared also to, to, to feel inspired by those things. Mm. That makes sense. Uh, I'm surrounded by people that are so business savvy and successful and uh, came from other disciplines and became successful in entertainment, quasi-entertainment, whatever you want to call the internet, right? I don't know a reality where I didn't want to tell stories. I literally don't. So, what, but, but it's very, uh, it, it's, I need the other... <laughs> You grab that mic, girl. Like, I need that other, uh, like, perspective to kind of ground me, though, because a lot of people, like, the people that I'm speaking to, they work real jobs. They, the real estate, some people work in sales, some people mm -hmm. work in tech, some people work mm -hmm. in engineering, some people are investors, some people are whatever have you, work at a supermarket. Like, I'm speaking to people who, they they have other goals and stuff. So when I hear like you and Wheezy, I know Wheezy works in entertainment now, but Wheezy has a very logical, like a very pragmatic, I don't want to say normal person because obviously she's not, but like normally brain Average, sort yeah. of. Whereas like psycho weirdos like me, like it's, when I see those people, I'm like, oh my God, give me the answer. <laughs> give me the antidote. Um, because I've only always ever wanted to to do it, to be on stage. But I think that's what's so cool about you. Like, you only wanted to do that, and that's what you did? Like, do you know how many other people always wanted to be an actress and are working well, okay. at a 9 to 5? Well, let's Which, all... Listen, Claire, fine. I don't mean to cut you off, but let's also say that I'm also ridiculously delusional. And, I, you know, you don't like it when I say this, but I'm telling you, I'm so unsuccessful. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. Like, when you talk to people and they ask you, oh, Brie, like, like, the first couple of years is fine. People know that you're pursuing something that's hard to get, you know, high risk, low reward. So they offer you a little bit more grace. Mm. When you're 10 years in and you're at the same spot, there's no grace. Like at one point I'm 27 and people are like, you still doing that, Brie? Come back home. That's, What's going on? That's what I was at on my corporate job oh, yeah? for 10 years. Same shit, no progress. And on top of that, I'm doing something that I don't like. Mm. So at least you're doing something that you like. Oh, I'm with that. Ooh, that hits. I couldn't do, I'd die. I would die. I, I don't want to be dramatic and I should probably stop because I do have suicidal ideation. So let me stop. <laughs> but like, I can't imagine a reality where I wasn't doing something that was fun for me. It's like the, and I've tried, I've tried the regular life. I've, you know what I've said to my mom sometimes, mom, I'm getting a real job. And she's like, oh my God, thank God. <laughs> thank God. And then like a month later, I'm like, mom, I couldn't do it. I quit and I left that office and I said bye. And then I'm going back to the bar. <laughs> like I cannot tell you how many times I've replayed that same thing. Uh, uh, but at the end, you know what's so funny about that though? Uh, the people around me, when I tell them that I'm going to go back to auditioning, back to performing, they always go, of course you are. But they don't say it like a negative way. They, no. they almost say La like, good. I, my, I'm, I'm happy that the people around me like... They think I'm crazy and they, they get it and they know they're tired of me being poor, but they believe that there's nothing else that I would be right for. Do you know the saying? La cabra tira al monte. 
uh, sorry, Española, we've never heard of it. <laughs> dilo otra vez. La dilo. cabra tira al monte. I don't know how to do La like, cabra tira al monte. Yeah, like the goat always goes to the mountains, I guess. Ah. Or to the hills. Because that's where, like, she's drawn to or, or belongs to. Or oh, whatever. I'm into it. I'm into it, man. And I hope that anyone who's listening to this kind of like, I don't know, gets fired up by it, you know? Like, you're not alone. By the way, the people that are successful, they're struggling. And they, they, and they're struggling hard, okay? It's all, it's a struggle. We're all figuring it out. We're all figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So we might as well just have fun or try. 100%. I yeah. know it's hard. And keep trying. It's important to keep trying. Because I had, like, well, how do you say tirar la toalla? You were going to uh, uh, throw the towel. Throw the towel. So yeah. Like, okay. So... I was like so ready to throw the towel so many times. I don't know. It sounds like super like, eh, cliche. Like, okay, you're doing this fucking amazing show here at WTF Media. Great. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I used to. No, but honestly, I was three months ago. I'm not talking about last year. Three months ago, I was hating it and like yeah. ready to like, ah, I just, whatever. I'm going to resign myself and just accept. No. Whatever. Because That's no way to live. But yeah. Don't, don't. So any chance you have? I remember the first time I had the chance to, to sit on your show. I was shitting myself. I was like, yeah. no, I don't want to mind. With Alex, yeah. yeah. That but then was I was like, if I say 17. no to this, I'm not having any other opportunities. So I'll just have to sit down there and figure it out. And you're figuring it out so well. And that's what you have to do. It's also an, another thing that I've noticed that great people do is they do the things that scare them. And if anything, if anything, what I've noticed from the hours of interviews that I've listened to by all the greats that I find great, mm -hmm. Howard Stern, Anthony Bourdain, mm -hmm. um, Dave Chappelle, uh, Jesus, uh, freaking Salma Hayek, all these different interviews, when they ask them how they stay motivated, how they pick their next project, Because, we, we, listen, we got to think about us making it, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you should be thinking. And then we, once we make it, where do we go? That's the next thing, right? So I'm, I, I like hearing successful people talk about their process. And they, I'm telling you, it is a common thread that they all say, if something kind of scares me, if something kind of feels like, oh, I don't want to release it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to go out for it. Oh, but God, I kind of do. Oh, I don't want to. Bingo. That's when you know that's the direction you need to be going mm. in. And as God is my witness, that's a message. I just got the chills saying that. So like, chances are, if it feels scary in a good way, you're on the right track. Mm. So keep going there. Keep refining. By the way, como dije anteriormente, like, yo soy un culo cagao, que I'm, I'm here still. Like, un culo cagao, for, the, for those who don't speak Spanish, like, I am in the trenches with y'all, okay? And I'm telling you, I, I, I'm seeing it, and I'm seeing, I'm kind of close, and I want to give as much information that I have as possible. Because mm -hmm. you best believe, when I'm around successful people, I don't shut up. I'm like the person that, well, no, actually, to be honest with you, I do shut up, and I watch. I, I, uh, I, I do shut up, and I watch, and when I do have an opportunity to speak, I keep the words that I say at a minimum, but I make sure that they're, that they're sharp. And I try and ask the right questions. Mm. Not any old question. I don't want to try and be a brown noser. The sharp, like I want to, and, and anything I can get from them, I want to tell you guys. <laughs> like, you guys, here's the tea, guys. Successful people are depressed, <laughs> but they're resourceful. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's, that's, I guess that's our... That's our intro. I don't know. How do you feel? I feel good. I think we're... I'm ready. It's been 20 minutes. 
God. I'm sure we're going to cut a little bit. Yeah, we will. But when you're having fun, man, when you're having fun, Mm. the time just just goes on. All right, it's time for the story, yeah? Okay, guys, let's recap where we left off. David, King David, is a rapist and a murderer. David just had one of his army men, Uriah, killed at war. But right before he did that, he raped his wife, and now she's pregnant. Let's hop into scripture, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 26 to 27. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. After the time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. We already know that. Did I already say that again? I already said that. Point of the story is, David impregnated Bathsheba. Now here's the thing. Uriah is dead. This baby is born. And this is where the episode goes. Start, okay? Because David has scorned against the Lord and the Lord is very displeased. And God said in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 11, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house. That's worth repeating. The Lord says, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house for the sins that David had committed. And that's basically going to be the skeleton to this week's episode. Is God executing what he said? Your family's going to see it. And then your family's family's family, your descendants are going to see the punishment for the sins that you've made. Okay? So, now, I want to dive into the story oficialmente, okay? So we know Nathan is the author of 2 Samuel. Nathan makes another appearance. <clears throat> we know David has already done his boo-boos. And Nathan shows up randomly. You know, David's not quite sure if Nathan knows or not. But, you know, David's just acting chill, you know, just... uh. Sipping his beer again, just, oh, hey, hey, Nathan, what's up? What, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing here? And Nathan goes, oh, hey, King. You know, I, I have a story to tell you. I, I just wanted to know if you could give me any feedback on it. Is that okay? And David goes, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And Nathan goes, great. So I have this story. There's a rich man and a poor man, okay? Now, The rich man has a lot of flock. He has extra flock. He has flock and herds of sheep and stuff and abundance. He doesn't even know what to do with it. Now, the poor man, the poor man just has one sheep. One little guy that he treats like his own and he takes care of it. Okay? Nathan continues the story and says, all of a sudden, a traveler shows up at the rich man's house and says, oh man, I I need some help. You know what I'm saying? Like, is there any way that you can spare some food or something? Like, I'm not in a really good place right now. The rich man says, oh, you can't have none of my stuff. But hold on, let me get you with something else. So the rich man 
takes the poor man's flock, the single one that he had, and gives it to the traveler. Now, as Nathan is telling the story, you know, David's acting like he's listening. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe the rich man did that. Why would the rich man do that? That rich man must die. Nathan looks at David and he goes, ha, gotcha. The rich man represents you, mother. Um, I don't know if you can hide to Angie. Have you guys seen that Bo Burnham thing that went viral on TikTok? It goes, now if anybody over here smokes weed, say hell yeah. And the crowd goes, hell yeah. And then he goes, gotcha. Get them all, get them all. They all smoke weed. That's exactly what Nathan did to, to David. He basically tricked him. He got him. Got him, I got you. <laughs> so let's dive into uh, scripture for a little bit more context as to how Nathan trolled David's behind. We're gonna go to scripture, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses seven through 10, I may skip around. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all of Israel and Judah. And if all of this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word, the Lord, by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. So basically, Nathan's like, you think you are slick? I'm here and I've been know what you did to poor Bathsheba. I've been know you killed Uriah. What's good? Like, who do you think you're lying to? I'm a prophet. <laughs> like, it's just so funny. People really think that they're the, wiser than they actually are. That's what that's what this reminds me of, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, at this point, David's like, oh my God, I sinned. It's, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm so dumb. Like, I knew I sinned. David says in chapter 12, verses 13 to 14, I have sinned against the Lord. The Lord has taken away your sin. You are, in, oh wait, hold on. Nathan says to him, the Lord has taken away your sin. So... Relax a little bit. You are not going to die. But because, but because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. Yes. What? Yep, 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 yep. I know it's sad. I know it's sad. And I know you're thinking about Bathsheba at this moment. And I know you are too. So Bathsheba's baby ends up dying seven days after that interaction between Nathan and David. Okay. I, that's fine. Seven days? What? I mean, seven days, the, the baby don't feel anything yet. It's just seven Woman, days. are you made of stone? What? No! It's terrible! It's not like he's five years old. He He's barely getting to know no, the world. No, oh my God, no, it still hurts. This girl just got R-worded. It hurts because, poor thing, the baby, he's innocent. He didn't do anything. You're right. And he's just dying. But... On the bright side, he's dying soon enough where he doesn't realize it. <sighs> yeah, that's true. But listen, before he dies, though, because he knows that Nathan has prophesied this, like, your son is going to die because of what you've done, because of the sin. I'm going to punish you. This is exactly what's going to happen. David mourns. 
and David cries and David sees Bathsheba mourning and stuff because the baby is sick. And he mourns day in, day out, crying. Please, Lord, don't kill the baby. Please, don't, Lord. Please have mercy on him. He's crying. The people, his people around him are noticing like his tears and him crying. Dear girl, you are cold. I mean, I mean, David does deserve it though. Um, once the baby dies, though, David stops mourning and kind of acts como si nada, like nothing. Huh. Now, hold on, hold on, because his attendants call him out a little bit. I know, I know, this isn't really good for David. But listen, the Bible is tough. The Bi like I said last week, okay? The Bible is not easy. So if you read in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 21 to 23, his attendants asked him, why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept. But now that the child is dead, you get up and eat? He answered, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead, why should I go on fasting? Mm. Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. And I know what some of y'all Bible babes may be thinking. Y'all may be thinking that this baby daddy ain't ish. You may be thinking he is Tristan Thompson to Khloe Kardashian, okay? And I get it. But we are reading this Bible actively and in a new way, okay? We can also look at this as like, okay, let's look at grief in a different lens. Like at some point you are going to have to move on at some point. That may be a little, a little, uh, um, uh, Heartless. <laughs> the day say. after the baby dies? That's a little too soon. Oh, no, I know. I know. I, um, I, I agree with you. Listen, I'm with the people. I think he's Tristan. No, I know. But I'm just saying there's another way to think. look at this because, hey, listen now. Hey, now. Hey, now. It took this mentality to then, he then, it says that he, um, David later makes love to Bathsheba. He consoles her after. And, it's, and it says he makes love to her. She ends up becoming pregnant again, conceiving a new baby, another baby uh, uh, named Solomon. Mm, I know Solomon. Yeah, I know. We all do. He's very famous. He's mm. a, you know, for those of you who don't know, he becomes the next king of Israel, okay? So there are blessings that come with that mentality of looking forward, even if it doesn't seem like you can stomach it. Sometimes it takes you grabbing yourself from the bootstraps and just like, I can't keep crying. You know what I'm saying? I know yes. maybe he's not the, the the vessel to do it, but there are hidden jewels in even the 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 grossest of of circumstances. I guess that's just you a very biblical way of looking it, at it. Because to me, there's nothing that he can do anymore. Yeah, but by this, but if that, anything, everything that I learn that you say about him, everything new, it just makes it even worse. Hey, now, okay, listen, but remember what I said? That's you using a very intellectual, logical brain. You would stop reading. You would oh. stop reading the Bible at that no, point. No, I wouldn't stop reading, but I wouldn't fuck with David. Yeah, but like, you see how it would impede on even like real You got to let go of that little bit of that because you have to remember, we are not owed these people's devotion. We are not owed these people's five stars because to be honest with you, none of us are five-star people. We're all flawed people, all of us. Yes. Of course, David is the most extreme, but he's representative of all of us. Don't be judging other people's sins 
because we're sinners. I can look at people that are named David the same way anymore. <laughs> no, mama, but I you can't. got it. I understand. And listen, I get that. And you know, you're a noob, you're a newbie and I'm a, I'm a babe in the faith too. But as, as you're like elder in the faith, cause I'm a little bit ahead of you. You gotta let that ish go girl. And I mean, I'm not talking from a faith perspective because no, mind know. you, I'm a believer, but in my head, why would you want to name your child after a rapist? Well, Solomon, wait, what do you mean? The baby, Solomon? No, no, no. I mean, like, people nowadays. Oh, nowadays, yeah, their name David. is David. Why would their parents want to give them this name? No, but That's first why of I don't all, look at some people have never read the Bible. Oh. And they read in David because they slept with a guy in college whose name was David. And they're like, oh my God, let's name him David. And Fair like, enough. There's not, there's, David's a rude, David is like, That's a very good David point. is like mama do in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's like John, good old John. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to the story. Just to put a little button on the conversation surrounding, you know, uh, David and Bathsheba's newest baby, Solomon, the Lord sees mercy on David by allowing him to have another baby. So much so that the Lord changes his name to Jedidiah, Solomon's name. Solomon has another name, Jedidiah. Mm. Uh, um, and I think I, I, I wrote it down. I may have. Um, uh, oh, I ho oh, I thought I did. I, I, um, oh, I do. It, the name Jedidiah means beloved by the Lord. And I think that this is a moment to pause because it's representative of redemption, it took redemption for Bathsheba to even have a, another baby with someone who violated her. You know what I'm, I mean? To even make love with someone who was even capable of doing that. It took forgiveness to do that. So I know this, I, I, and I know it, it may be a tough pill to swallow. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't buy it. I understand that. That's cool. That's where you're at. But just take a minute and think about what that baby represents. That baby has nothing to do with the transgressions of their parents. You know what I'm saying? This baby came from love. This baby was beloved by, love, by God and by his parents. And this baby was named Jedediah and Solomon. Also, what other options did she have anyway? What happened? What other options? She didn't have any other options, really. Like, her husband yeah. did. Her rapist is a king. Might as well, you know, like, Liz, she knows her child going to have food to put in their mouth. Wow. I don't know if you're looking at this half glass, the glass half full or half empty. I mean, no, no, no. I'm just saying, what else is she going to do? You're right. No, you're absolutely right. It allows you to think of it contextually, like for the times. Yeah, too. for the times, of course. Bingo, baby. That's the way we're supposed to be reading this Bible. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay, guys, let's continue the story. So remember when I said that David had many wives, many kids? Remember this? Because he does. Outside of Bathsheba, David's first son from one of his first wives, Ahinoam, his name was uh, Amnon. And the reason why you guys saw me pick up my phone to look is because I really did not want to mess up that name. <laughs> I'm like, QAnon? <laughs> I love, every time you have to pronounce one of these names, I'm like, 
I'm telling you guys, it's this is not, hi Tangie, this is not easy. It's not easy for me because when I'm studying the Bible, I'm not doing it in front of cameras and lights. No one's having to hear me say Ish Bosheth, okay? <laughs> Rest in peace, Ish. <laughs> but listen, Amnon was King David's firstborn. And it's revealed that Amnon has an unhealthy crush on his half-sister Tamar. Tamar was the daughter of one of David's other wives. <laughs> Sorry, Clara. But it just is what it is. And he lusts after her. In fact, he says, I've never seen a woman that beautiful before. But he knows it's wrong. And so he confides in um, one of his, uh, I believe it's, it's like a, a cousin. His name is Jonadab, is one of his cousins. He's one of his counselors, one of David's counselors. And he says, and Jonadab notices that Amnon is a little depressed. You know, oh gosh, it must, it must suck to not be able to sleep with your half-sister. And he goes, hey, yo, bro, what's good? Why are you looking kind of sad for? And Amnon goes, oh man, you know what? I kind of want to sleep with Tamar, but I know it's wrong. Guys. The cousin is that cousin. You know that cousin and that uncle that always gives you like really bad advice? Like, you know, that that's this guy. I think I was that auntie. That's you? Yeah. Well, that's Jonadab because Jonadab goes, oh boy, that ain't no thing. Let me help you. It even says the Bible, it says Jonadab was just as shrewd. Shrewd is a term in English that's like, como um, malas, malas vibras, como Ooh. que mala persona. No, como. I'm not that. No, you're not that. You're not Jonadab. I'm not that. But he tells him, I got a plan. Why don't you just fake being sick? Fake being sick. And tell, ask King David if Tamar can take care of you and cook for you while you're sick. Do that. And Amnon goes, oh, that's a good idea. So Amnon pretends to be sick. And of course, King David goes to him. He's like, son, how are you doing? What's going on? Amnon goes, oh, I don't feel good. Uh, holding his stomach, you know. Is there any way that Tamar could come and uh, cook bread for me so that I may eat from her hands, please, please? I'm, I'm ill, I'm ill. And David goes, okay, I can do that for you. You guys, you may need to pause the show because it's about to get, I don't know how many more of these episodes I can do, guys. It's about to get grim. So... Amnon does the whole thing. He's sick and Tamar comes. Tamar comes, starts cooking for him, you know? I, you know what? I actually can't stomach this conversation. I've been dealing with way too much sexual assault stories in my, let's just go to, let's just go to scripture because I need some help. <laughs> scripture, 2 Samuel, chapter 13, verses 10 to 14. And Tamar took the cakes she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. But when she brought them near him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, Come lie with me, sister. She answered him, No, my brother, do not violate me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this outrageous thing. As for me, where could I carry my shame? And as for you, you would be as one of the outrageous fools in Israel? Now therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. But he would not listen to her, and he was stronger than she, and he violated her and lay with her. Oh, God. 
You guys, I'm getting a migraine. <laughs> I know, these back-to-back -back episodes, it's tough, it's tough. Please hang in there with me, please. We're getting through, hey guys, remember how I said that Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Numbers were tough books? By the way, some of these stories are tough to read. And this is not the first, the, 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 the first or the last time it's gonna happen. But please don't let these unsavory stories stop you from continuing listening to the podcast. Cause there's, there's, a, through, there's a silver lining here, okay? Just, just hang on, okay? But this is gross, and I understand. What time of the year was it? Was it spring? Uh, because we know, I would, uh, I'm just Does shooting it this year. It, I, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't really say. But by, but by the way they speak, I'm assuming that it's around winter. Or, or, or something of that sort, because I'm trying to calculate. Is that cuffing season, you guess? Oh, Mike, did you just say cuffing season, bitch? What? I mean, I'm trying to find. No, it there's doesn't. no justification, but I'm trying to find something that explains why. So it's either spring, because, you know, in spring, everyone is just feeling a little no. bit more horny. And these men, they just think that Evil they Evil doers are not limited by season. Evil is evil year round, babes. True. And you want to know what makes Amnon even more of a dick? No. Oh. He literally, after he did the act, oh, this is really grinds my gears. It says that he even hate, he begins to hate her. Ah. He went from loving her to hating her. It's almost like he knows that he's guilty, but he's not man enough to deal with the guilt honestly so he starts changing what really happened oh she deserved it oh oh that's what that's what criminals and predators do i tell mm. you you know he ends up throwing her in a chamber locked up for days poor 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 uh tamar ends up ripping off her she was a virgin before oh, he ends course. up ripping off her virgin clothes and she ends up mourning for days yeah a lot of people don't talk about that part of amnon or the bible either but he ends up doing that Ugh, I know, guys. Listen, grab your snacks, take a water break. I know how we may be feeling. We may be really upset by all of these assaults happening towards women, especially if you are a woman or if you have a sister or if you have a daughter, you know, listening to this. Um, and I want to let you know that Word gets out about what Amnon did to his sister Tamar. David finds out about what his son did to his half-sister, to his sister. And David is furious. But David doesn't punish him. I know. I know. How is he furious? He just did the same. No, David is furious. His daughter was raped. And he raped another woman. I know, but remember, remember what we're trying to move on from? There sorry, was redemption. Sorry. Remember, we're trying to move, we're <laughs> trying to, but I understand, I get it, dude. Because if you feel this way, could you imagine how many people feel this way listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, let's dive into scripture from our context. Second Samuel chapter 13, verses 21 to 22. So Tamar lived a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. This is another brother. When King David heard of all these things, he was very angry. But Absalom spoke to Amnon, neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had violated his sister. Absalom was Tamar's uh, full brother, mm -hmm. his older brother. Her Absalom was Tamar's older brother, pero de madre y padre. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't even be in the same room as Amnon. Oh. And seeing David not punish him, 
made Absalom look at David in a different way too. Of course, we don't know that now. I know this because I know ahead what happens. (laughs) But in my head, I can only assume that's Mm. what was going on in Absalom's mind. So two years after this, and by the way, two years ends up being like a recurring theme for Absalom. Absalom devises a plan on how to avenge his sister, avenge his, himself, his family. You know what I mean? He plots out a way to get Amnon in his most vulnerable state. Stay tuned for what's to come, okay? So Absalom goes up to his uh, father, King David, and he goes, hey, do you mind if me and the brothers, like, go out and have a few beers and, like, kill some sheep? Or shear some shepherd. Shear some sheep is what he says. And King David goes, all the brothers? And Absalom goes, yeah, all of us. Especially Amnon, yeah. And uh, Absalom wanted David to come too. But David goes, you know, I'm too busy right now. Like, I can't, you know, I I got paperwork to do and things to sign. Like, I can't. But your brothers can go, sure, yeah. And Absalom goes, all right, that'll suffice. So all the brothers are out by the fields getting drunk. It's nighttime. And Absalom tells the other brothers, yo, we about to murk Amnon. And the brothers are like, wait, what? We didn't know that we were signing up for murder, okay? And they're, they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. You think that's going to stop Absalom from doing what he came there to do? No. Absalom gets one of his servants, some of his servants, to kill Amnon while Amnon's drunk. <gasps> yeah. And so Amnon, ki- Amnon is dead. Absalom ends up killing Amnon for raping his sister. That's right. Now hold on now. Because they are far away from Jerusalem. And you guys know it takes a couple days to travel and stuff. News gets, it's not like social media now or phones. You could text someone and that's how, no. It takes days, sometimes weeks for news to get to people. So it gets to, word gets to David that like all of his sons die. And David gets on his knees and mourns. And he's like, what has happened? All of my sons and dad. And then guess what? Jonadab, that cousin that gave Amnon the wrong information because he's a counselor of the family. He goes to David. Jonadab goes to David and he goes, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. Not all of them are dead. Some of them are still on their way. The one that's dead is Amnon, the one that raped Tamar, okay? (laughs) And so eventually the brothers end up getting to David. They arrive and they all mourn together for Amnon's death. Mm. And, you know, and also just all the deaths that have been happening, you know, and the fact that Absalom killed his, his, their brother and his son. They're all mourning at this point. Oh, but. And no one snitches? No, they, they don't. They know that it was Absalom that killed him. Oh, okay. Oh, they know. And by the way. King David knows too? Yes. But after he did this, oh, Absalom doesn't come back. Absalom goes to another town. Uh, Ooh, let me get the town. Not that, not that the do the listeners really care about accuracy? Maybe they do. I do. I care about about accuracy. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, uh, after he murders Amnon, uh, Absalom flees to a land called Geshur to escape punishment for his brother's murder. Mm. Yes. But it's important to note that after this point, David kind of is pissed at Absalom for doing this. But eventually, I feel like, you know, 
David has now has more years ahead of him. He's a, he's an older man now. He understands that this was his son, and I'm assuming that there was some kind of forgiveness happening here, where David calls out to his people, "Get me my son Absalom. He need all of my princes need to be in the kingdom. They need to be in the da city of David." Mm. He does say, "I don't want to see him. I don't want to be around him, but I don't want him over there. He needs to be here." You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when a parent when a parent is mad at you. I don't even want to look at you. That's my. But go to your room. That's my mom. Mira, mira. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly what King David does with Absalom. And Absalom comes, and he does his thing. And basically, Absalom is kind of like the black sheep of the family for for the next couple years, for the next. Two years, actually. Oh. Again, I'm not saying two years. Absalom works in two years, like cycles. And for two years, you know, Absalom is, you know, running under the radar, doesn't really do much, doesn't really say much. But eventually, Absalom wants to talk to his father. He wants to discuss, you know, what has happened. He wants to talk to he wants to talk about their traumas. So the one way to get to David is through his right-hand man, Joab, his nephew. Remember Joab from the last episode? If you haven't watched or listened to the last episode of Bible Stories, I strongly suggest you listen to the last episode. Not only to get the views up, not only to get my downloads up, but it just helps you with the story. And also, last episode was spicy, so I would just watch and I would just watch that one. So, anyways. Absalom calls for Job and is like, hey, yo, I'm trying to see my dad. Job goes, all right, bet. Job doesn't do anything after that. A couple of, a couple of days pass by and he calls for Joab. Absalom calls for Job. Hey, yo, I'm trying to hit up my dad. Joab is ignoring Absalom at this point and Absalom gets pissed. Listen, let's go into scripture for some context. Uh, scripture. 2 Samuel chapter 13, verses 29 to, I'm going to dive in and out, but 29 to 30, more or less. Then Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king, but Joab would not come to him. And he sent a second time, but Joab would not come. Then he said to his servants, see Joab's field is next to mine, and he has barely... <laughs> I can't read. My English is not very good looking. This is Gladys. Gladys is reading this right now. Salio Gladys. Then, then he said to his servants, see Joab's field is next to mine and he has barley there. Go and set it on fire. So Absalom's servants set Joab's field on fire. Oh my God. To, to get his attention because he's not paying attention. Because you know, Absalom right now is the black sheep of the family and no one paying attention to him. He's like the ugly redheaded ginger in the family. And there's nothing else he could have done. But Oh, you know. Like, that's what, that's what we do. We, like, we light stuff on fire. Okay, um, okay wait, listen. So uh, 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 Absalom answered Joab, Behold, I sent word to you. Come here that I may send you to the king to ask, Why have I come from Gesher? He's basically saying, Why did I leave from the other land? Why didn't dad, my, why didn't dad just leave me where I was? Instead, he's bringing me to Jerusalem to ignore me, to make me be like embarrassed in front of everyone. Mejor me quedo allá. And um, then Joab went to the king and told him, and he summoned Absalom. So he came to the king and bowed himself to his face to the ground before the king. And the king then kissed Absalom. Mm. So at this point, you know, Absalom threw his little tantrum, but at least he got his dad's attention. Mm. Right? 
And then King David goes to kiss his son. But little does David know, his son Absalom has other things up his sleeve. Oh, boy. So now, we know that Absalom and King David have somewhat squashed their beef, but not really, because Absalom takes another two years to kind of mm, change his image. He hired a new PR team, if you will. Because during this time in Jerusalem, Absalom is kind of adapting. He's, you know, he's, he, has, he, he now has chariots around him. He now looks like a prince of a king. You know, you know, sometimes people try and hide their flashiness. I feel like now he not only is wearing the flashiness, but not only that, he's doing for the people. He's out on the streets. And unlike the people that are like up in their little palace and not, don't come down, he is outside on the streets with the chariots and whatever. And that's something that was never seen before. It's kind of cool mm. that someone is like living their truth, but being among the people. And he ends up like developing kind of like a little gang around him. Like people end up seeing like, oh, wow, that's really cool. All these little chariots. Are, he's probably like, oh, yeah, you know, the horsepower on this car engine, 6-9-J Volkswagen, Rolls Royce. I clearly don't know anything about cars. <laughs> this is what happened with girls talk about cars. <laughs> but these are people coming up to, uh, people coming up to Absalom talking about his chariots like, ooh, what kind of tires are these? <laughs> and he tells them, you know, he develops like a rapport with people. He ends up charming people and it kind of reminds me of you know people on social media he people are seeing his highlight reel mm. and not only that absalom becomes a little fake oh he becomes a little he poses like he has it under control he poses like he's this is what his life is but you know inside he's actually he's he's hurting inside there's something boiling in him he's also really charming anytime someone comes up to him he says Hey, how you doing? What's your name? Ooh, people that cunning. They're either like Mother Teresa or evil. Mm -hmm. That's at least that's that's how I feel. Like, like in scripture, uh, it says in Second Samuel chapter fifteen, verse five. And whenever a man came near to pay homage to him, he would put out his hand and take hold of him and kiss him. He would Absalom would take people's hand and kiss them. Of the people. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's doing a lot, yeah. is what I'm saying. But, but, but it works. It works. Because he ends up charming people. People that aren't even of him. Like, the people of the streets. He's like Barack Obama in 2008. <laughs> he's, like, very charming. That's what people like to see. Mm. And so, two more years of this, and Absalom actually ends up um, kind of staging a conspiracy. Like, Listen, if you're kissing people's hands and stuff, there's got to be something you're doing. So not only that, he's not only kissing the hands of the people and stuff, he ends up getting powerful people to come into his side as well. And at this point, Absalom even starts offering sacrifices. So the people then see Absalom doing this and they view him almost like a king. You know what I'm saying? Because King David's up there, right? 
But Absalom's at the people. He's at the people are seeing him. They can see him with their own eyes. Like I said before, Absalom ends up acquiring support from powerful people too at this point. King David and, you know, the kingdom of David have a bunch of counselors on their, you know, executive board, if you will. And there is one named Ahithophel, these names, these names, Ahithophel. You guys, this is very hard, okay? So anyways, one of the counselors' name was Ahithophel, and he sees Epsilon giving these sacrifices and he's like, what's going on over here? Listen, Ahithophel is Bathsheba's father. Oh, dun, dun, dun. yeah, I know. So, mm. so I don't know. You can kind of see why Ahithophel sees Absalom doing his thing and he's like, what you planning over there? Because mm. I want in. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine the father of a man, like knowing that your daughter's been raped by a king? You kind of feel some kind of way. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, Absalom is right now staging a coup. He is planning a secret rebellion. And he acquires, you know, someone, something like 50 people, over 50 people to be on team Absalom now. And Absalom has his eye on the prize. And that prize is taking over his father's kingdom. Ooh. But you'll have to stay tuned to next week's episode to hear how this story ends. And we also finish off 2 Samuel next week. So I will see you there. But now we can dive into moral of the story. Moral of the story is repentance is a personalized, handwritten letter to God. It's an honest exchange where only you and him know what's really going on in that heart of yours. It's the truth. It's the deepest plea for forgiveness any person could ever feel. And I bet God hangs that letter on his fridge like a preschooler's macaroni art. You know, when David repented over his heinous sins, he mourned. When he lost his son with Bathsheba and then again with Amnon, that pain did a number on him. You know, it changed him. And David ran towards God's heart after he sinned, not further away. And even though David had broken the covenant he made with the Lord, that didn't mean that God wasn't going to hold up his end of the bargain. And that includes the good and the bad. The Lord is just, and he is merciful. God gave David and Bathsheba a new son, Solomon, who would later go on to become a very important part of the Old Testament story. Oh, God! God is so dope! He really is so cool. And I really hope you stick around to learn more about how great our father is. <gasps> oh, I know he would call. Hey, Father, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, you know, I'm just trying to save the people. Anyways, what's up? 
Oh, really? A BBL? No, Father, I did not get a BBL. Have you seen my ass?